0: Another episode of How to Do Dress. I'm your Janine and today I've shot a Christmas on. Woo! Ooh, ooh, ooh.
1: What that up? What
0: up? Uh, <laughs> all the way from Las Vegas. Um, now you're a comedian. You 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 do the comedies, and uh, you also you're one of the not rare at all comics who have a day job <laughs> <laughs> like, like the majority of us um have a day job and your day job on and off as an occupational therapist assistant right so you work with um old people mostly correct
1: mostly but the the field can expand from newborns to you know hospice care yeah
0: okay How everybody has
1: that? an occupation so that's everybody.
0: what yeah <laughs> what's the occupation of a baby
1: to breastfeed
0: Oh, to help like teach him how, yeah, sometimes practice. they
1: have weak muscles in the mouth and can't figure out how to latch on. So a therapist comes in and like helps move. them stimulate it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. That's great. I never, um, <laughs> I didn't know about that. I know that I was only breastfed for a couple of months because uh, my mom said that I was hurting her and I'm like, yeah, yeah that's the job of the child is yeah. to make your life miserable. You were doing your job. No therapy needed. <laughs> no therapy. <laughs> yeah, apparently, I was real good at sucking on the titties, and my mom did not like it so much, which is probably why I smoke. Uh, to be honest, they say that uh, well, it was Freud. One of Freud's um, psychosexual analysis things was um, people who weren't breastfed tend to have oral fixations, tend to smoke, tend to bite their nails, you know that type of thing. And uh, a lot of people that I've asked who are smokers, I asked them, I'm like, Hey, were you breastfed? And uh, almost all of them were like, No, actually, I wasn't or you know, some people were adopted or uh, some people were like, Yeah, only for a little while though. And yeah, was like, Freud was on to something and he was a little crazy guy but some <laughs> of that shit. I think we need to retest those those theories a yeah. little bit. <laughs>
1: that's interesting. I used to bite my toenails as a kid, but me too. After a while I couldn't reach my feet anymore. So that went away. <laughs> I,
0: guess, I mean, I could probably still do it. I just don't. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm in my fort and now I'm like that's <laughs> disgusting. Right. Um, I also used to like I remember I would eat scabs like on my knees okay. or like elbows. I I now I, that's de-
1: that's I, too far.
0: I've definitely eaten a scab or two. And I definitely eaten in boogers. I mean, you got to try it when you're younger. I think every kid has eaten a booger. They're like, what is this? I'm going to stick it in my mouth. And then either they like it or they don't like it.
1: I think at the very most I've had, like, when I'm crying or I have a runny nose and the snot gets to my lip, I may have licked the snot. But oh, I've never yeah. intentionally, like, eaten a booger. I think. Oh,
0: no, I've totally used to, <laughs> used to eat boogers. I remember, I think... I want to say it was the fourth or fifth grade. I actually, I stopped. I remember I stopped uh, because there was some type of school thing going on, where um, kind of like the Olympics. Um, there was plays. You know, kids were all doing like this exercise thing. We we're playing different games against different classes and stuff. And they had videotaped it and we were watching it and i remember her name was amy and uh they had accidentally caught her picking her nose and eating her booger and um the whole school everyone saw it oh no and i i felt so embarrassed for her i'm like wait you guys don't eat your boogers too i thought that was (laughs) A normal thing no oh we shouldn't eat our boogers I'm like okay so I
1: glad that wasn't me learning the hard way Just learning by proxy. like yeah oh.
0: yeah 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 at least it wasn't me at least it was somebody else and I but I still experienced her shame obviously yeah. I wasn't as embarrassed but I felt that shame I was like oh we're not supposed to do that I didn't know I should tell my brothers to also stop. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I still pick my nose every once in a while if I'm at home, but I have a Kleenex next to me now. I do grown up stuff when I do it. I stick it in there. You learn Yeah, you live and you learn. Definitely don't eat them anymore. (laughs) I wonder how they would even taste now. I kind of want to eat a booger just to remember why I ate them to begin with. No, I don't. it's going to be like a double dare. someone's going to be like oh yeah you need to eat this booger i would be like god damn it
1: all right anyway
0: <laughs> so um explain your job a little bit what is an occupational therapist assistant
1: um we work with basic like self-care tasks so it's eating bathing dressing you know walking doing errands laundry and we focus on you being able to do those things independently so mm-hmm if there's any issue with your daily tasks, we kind of intervene and give you tools to either learn a new way to do it or hope you get, help you get back to doing it the way you were doing it before. So in el- elderly care, obviously it's a lot of strokes or hip surgeries, new knees, mm-hmm. you know, sepsis or whatever. So anything that puts you in bed for two weeks, you're gonna have to learn how to do everything all over again. So the smallest thing like putting on a shoe, if you have a new knee, it's a little bit harder to do. After. Yeah. So yeah.
0: One of my buddies. Just, oh, go ahead.
1: We kind of just make sure you can still take care of yourself when you leave. So,
0: yeah. One of my buddies, he had a, a knee replacement and they had him walk in basically the same day. Oh like, yeah. You got to keep moving, blah, blah, blah.
1: Bending just, oh. it.
0: That's always yeah, fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So with that, obviously, especially if there's injuries and, and whatnot, I know um, older people, they, for some reason, I've never met an elderly person who doesn't take less than five drugs a day, different types of medication.
1: Yeah. As you get older, they start adding more to it. Might be for (laughs) heart problems or diabetes or who knows, but yeah, five, five is the minimum. You're doing okay. If it's just five.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know my mom, she takes, most of hers are all like mental stuff, you know, depression and whatnot. Stepdad has stuff for heart problems and whatnot. How does, um, how do those drugs affect your job different types of drugs do they help or hinder
1: with that profession um if somebody's had like a surgery or something like that of course they're going to need pain pills and depending on how old they are and the drug sometimes you can't wake them up because you know they're just too high Mm -hmm. or you can't give them enough drugs because they're in so much pain you can't even touch them
0: oh no so the
1: doctors have to figure out the right dosage um I've had patients be scared of taking Tylenol because they think they're going to get addicted. And you're like, no one's been addicted to Tylenol, but they have this like-
0: Mindset.
1: Yeah. So sometimes that's a barrier too, whether they take it or not. But um, for the most parts, it's it's trying to find the right balance of like, you're going to be in some pain because if we take it all away, you won't be able to get out of bed. You'll just be sleeping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it also makes them very constipated. If you take a lot of pain pills over time, then you can't poop. Then you got another problem. So-
0: A lot of the
1: at the same time, it's like it's helping my pain go away, but now I can't poop. So and so, yeah,
0: so you're in pain from not being able to shit. (laughs) I remember after my surgery, um it took about three, four days, maybe even longer, before I was able to actually have a bowel movement. And I kept eating; like eating was not a problem, right, for me. (laughs) But I was so bloated, I was like, I just need to go poop (laughs) and. My buddy who is helping me out. I made him go to CVS. I mean, I'm like, I need some laxatives or some prune juice. I need all of them. I don't care if I'm in the bathroom for an hour. I need to shit.
1: (laughs) They didn't prescribe you a Colace. They love giving out Colace. It's like a stool softener.
0: No, no, they should have though. It did. It did take a while. The first poop after the first poop happened, then it was Like for the rest of the day, I was just going in and pooping. But yeah, it was like the hard little nuggets.
1: (laughs) And it's harder for like older people because, you know, they're, they've got a pain Mm
0: -hmm. and it's
1: a little bit harder for them to get to the bathroom in general. So it's like, I have the urgency, but I can't get there fast enough. Mm -hmm. Or then when I sit there, I'm just sitting there all day and now my leg is going numb or I have to go, but no one's coming to get me in time. Or it's like, you know, there's a lot more like factors involved with just Mm -hmm. like, just trying to go poop.
0: And just, yeah, just, just trying to do something that you're so used to doing. I can yep. imagine because um, I used to I used to be a CNA years, 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 decades mm-hmm. ago, eons ago. And I worked I worked in a hospice uh, facility. And yeah, a lot of times they wouldn't make it to the bathroom or they can't go to the bathroom they're right. under. And so um, changing diapers and, and stuff like that was something um not fun, but a part of the job. <laughs> yeah,
1: someone's going to have to do it for us. <laughs> yeah,
0: sooner or later. I realized <laughs> that's why people have children is so that their children could do that. I don't have children. I have a dog and she's old. So. I've
1: I, I got some bad news for you. Uh, yes. A lot of the patients in the nursing homes also have children. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, that's
1: it's... <laughs> Having a kid is not guaranteed they'll take care of yeah. They're very busy. they have things to do and <laughs> they, they have, have their own lives. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it's, uh, I forgot the cats in the cradle song or what yeah. <laughs> my mom because my mom had asked me she um, she was all, are you you know, are you gonna help me when you know when I get older? Like, yeah, obviously, but you're going to move to wherever I live at that particular time. <laughs> not staying in fucking Wisconsin. You're out of your goddamn mind. Cause I automatically know my stepdad's gonna die before her. That's just yeah. statistically knew, speaking. Yeah, I was
1: gonna say many usually go first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like you're moving to New York, Ma. That's, <laughs> that's where you're going. Um, so with uh With these types of pain pills and and stuff like that, um, how often, especially older people, do older people have, have you ever seen an older person with that, with like an addiction type problem or is it? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. I worked at a place once where the patient was getting pain medicine, but she was giving them to her son who was like sleeping out in the parking lot. So the mom was like always in pain because she wasn't taking your pills. She would like, you know, pocket them or whatever she would do and then give them to him who's like he was the addict she wasn't yeah, yeah. she was enabling him and since she was no longer in the home you know he had to go there and, and, yeah so I've seen that kind of stuff um I've also just like seen maybe like a few patients that get like um oxys you know that whole opioid crisis that killed a bunch of people somebody's Mm -hmm. like I don't know why people like this I was like so out of my mind I hated it like why are people seeking these out for like Mm -hmm. to relieve themselves of what like they you know she was like 80 something she's like I never want to take that any no more I don't want that anymore just give me like Tylenol because Mm -hmm. that drug right there had me I didn't like it so it's it's interesting to see how people react to just The same kinds of drugs too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the addict stuff is, that can be kind of sketchy because you want to be able to help them. But, you know, are they lying? Because pain is also subjective.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't know how (laughs) much
1: pain you feel. If you're just saying, I hurt, and you're crying. The doctor Mm -hmm. doesn't know if that's actually you, you know, having pain or not. So they kind of collaborate with the therapist and say, well, how is this person doing therapy? I'm like, this person's walking around fine. It's only when you show up. And then they are like all oh of a sudden- <laughs> god I'm
0: dying <laughs> People do like to manipulate the system yes. that way. I could see um, I could see that and age doesn't really have a factor in that. It's pretty much all ages when it comes to I feel like
1: if you were like that when you were younger it just continues. You oh, never yeah, just once made a me move- yeah, you don't just meet a new addict at like 80. Like you've always, you've always kind of had a personality that's geared towards it. And maybe yeah. you're like trying to get sober later on and maybe you don't want the drugs because you've been sober for so long, but you never yeah. find like a fresh addict after 75 or something. After
0: like that. that would be pretty, I mean, it would be bad, but also kind of hilarious. I mean, <laughs> honestly, that would be the best time to become an addict because you only have a couple of years left. You know what I mean? You don't have much time, left, especially if it's a terminal illness. I know right. that that if I ever get terminally ill, I'm doing heroin absolutely without <laughs> a doubt. I'm shooting up. I'm going to do all of it the way that you're supposed to, yeah, <laughs> the right way. Yeah, absolutely. Me and Doug Stanhope talked about it, especially if the world is ending or something. I'm not much. I don't. I don't like downers. I, I don't. I don't like oxies. I mean, I took them for my, I think I have Percocets or so.
1: I forgot what they gave me after my surgery. They probably um, wouldn't I, give people oxies anymore because they know how bad it is. So they try yeah. not to even prescribe it anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I never really liked pain pills anyway. I've always, my go-to has always been ibuprofen. The 800 milligram ibuprofen. Um, yeah. Give me those all day, every day. Especially when I, when I got my period, when when, when back in the day when I used to be a bleeder. Uh, <laughs> I would take, I would have to, because I had, I can't say the word, uh, entromichie, Endo, entram, that's where uterine, lining, skin. Endometriosis? Like, yeah, that word. I can't say that. I always yeah. think of supercalibragic. <laughs> Endometriosis. <laughs> I can't say the word. But yeah, so my periods were always like extra heavy and just extra painful. So I've pop four, um Advil and then every 2 to 3 hours I just pop one or two for the first 2 days of my period and that
1: yeah
0: was pretty much all of my 20s and all of my 30s so for two decades <laughs> cuz they tried to give me pain pills and I tried taking them and they didn't really work for the pain I mean I was woo you know I was right. high <laughs> but the pain was still there I, I believe that a lot of those pain quote-unquote pills they just get you so high that you don't care
1: about right right
0: the pain anymore it's doing a
1: different interaction with your brain or your body it's not actually targeting what it's supposed to it's just like if you're unconscious then I mean
0: it doesn't matter anymore (laughs) yeah because the only things that's ever worked for me have been Tylenol and and ibuprofen Advil and those are the things that I like when I'm in pain, but I don't, um, I'm not in pain anymore. Uh, Good, I, so glad I, to hear that. Internally, obviously, still screaming, but. <laughs> 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 um, have you ever had anyone, any of your patients try to get you to get them drugs at all? Have you ever had any sneaky people like that?
1: I would love to see an older dude try to like scam me out of some oxy. I think the, the worst I, I had, was like a guy who was like 102 and he just wanted weed and a, and a glass of wine and that's it. He, but he wasn't, you know, and I think the doctor allowed him to have wine like every day. Like it was part of his, Therapy his era, right. He's yeah, like, he's 102, man. I mean, this, I say, I don't have any weed. I don't know if that's prescribed, but I know he was able to have wine every day, but that's like the worst I've had with like a drug seeking, which was like not yeah. at all.
0: Oh, at 102, give him whatever he wants. (laughs) He should be dead. 102 years is way too. I think people should be put down after 85. It's Um, too um, long. Yeah. It's too long. Even now I'm 43. I'm like, this has been a long time. (laughs) I did not ask for this. (laughs) But yeah, 102, give him all of the weed. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I think at the time, I don't even think that weed was legal yet in California um, where I was working. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that's probably the, as worse as it got. I don't think I've had anybody else really ask for drugs because in the hospital and stuff, they're getting everything. You know? Yeah,
0: everything that they need. Do you think um, now are they prescribing people weed or
1: or edibles or CBD? Not yet. Um, I, I I keep saying, like, if I get, like, famous and, like, make a bunch of money, I want to, like, open, like, a specific facility that's just, like, weed-based therapy.
0: Just give people (laughs)
1: weed and edibles and stuff and see if that makes them feel better or they can still perform their tasks. They're not in Mm -hmm. a lot of pain. If we can just do that, that would be so cool. But, you know, I got to get famous to build one of those. Because I'd like to see a comparison of people that are taking, like, standard medications and people that are doing more medicinal things or mm-hmm. you know and see if those people fare better or not so yeah that will right. be interesting but they're not doing it yet i mean i mentioned it to people like maybe you need some weed right? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> try it i'm always screaming have you tried weed right it's legal now i know yeah. when you were younger it was bad but you should probably try it <laughs> yeah even the
0: cbd i always tell people to the cbd you don't get stoned you still get the medical benefits but Right. Don't get the high feeling. You should definitely try that because my stepfather, he won't even try CBD stuff. He's very, very anti-weed, you know, conservative Republican, but he will drink all of the time.
1: Because it's legal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And well, weed is legal now too, basically. So he gets mad when I get my
1: mom stoned. (laughs) Like the the stigma It's this whole, like back in the day, you couldn't do it and it's bad. You're somehow a bad person because you smoke a plant. (laughs)
0: yeah that comes out of the ground and it has no and it has tons of medical benefits obviously yes i would think for occupational therapy weed especially edibles or even cbd would be really good for that um
1: they haven't managed to to to, i don't even know how you would get that approved to give to people in a hospital setting i think that's some upper level administrative doctor something yeah Yeah. I mean, I've mentioned like CBD, like ointments and stuff for people with like arthritis and things like that. Well, maybe Mm. I'll think about it, you know, but there's not a, I don't think there's a bridge yet from like doctors being okay with prescribing it to patients and then understanding, you know, how that would interact with them Or, or if they're even like, curious about it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Cause are they going to make money? Cause a lot of doctors, they make money off, of, you know, all those lobbyists, all those, um, all the drug dealers, basically all the really, really big name drug dealers right. <laughs> like yep. Pfizer and, and what, whatnot. Um, yeah, they're not going to make money off of that. Uh, right. so, so maybe that's the reason why, and I guess maybe a lot of it has to do with regulations. Yeah, and, and and stuff, which is crazy is, because is weed
1: because, FDA approved? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: that's that's an excellent question. Is weed FDA approved enough to where doctors can prescribe it? Because I would think, um, especially as a doctor, someone who went to school to help people, would want to help people in the best way. And if weed or even like CBD is is more beneficial and less addicting and has right less side effects than a pill, why are these doctors still, you know, prescribing these pills instead of, you know, maybe a
1: joint a day, like a joint a day keeps the doctor away. (laughs) Even I think it's generational too, just like your parents, right? You have a generation of people that thought weed was bad. You also have doctors like that. And so Mm -hmm. you've got to like, try to find, there's always like an outlier doctor that was always like, you know, more hippy dippy with their things, but people Mm -hmm. probably would shun that guy saying he's crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. You get a different title when you're prescribing, you know, new agey things as yeah. opposed to like following what everybody else does. So I hope with like the younger generation of doctors that are more aware of these kinds of things, they can try to introduce that more into, you know, a more commonplace thing to give to people because it's a little bit harder to get the older ones to even yeah. open their mind to that possibility that it might yeah. be another.
0: Yeah, a lot of them are still afraid that they're going to be thrown in prison for the rest of yeah. their lives for a dime bag, you know, for an eighth a week. My yeah. grandmother, uh, when she, right before she had passed, uh, I was getting her stoned. I was, and she loved it. Yeah, she yeah. totally, she, she was an old person who did not have a problem with it, which explains her children and why I am me. <laughs> Probably. Oh. But yeah, she... She didn't mind it at all. And I remember my uncle's girlfriend at the time was telling me that I shouldn't be, you know, getting getting my grandmother stoned. And I'm like, I am absolutely getting this woman who has had like two open heart surgeries, um, has to carry around like an oxygen tank to breathe. um, I'm getting this woman high 100 percent because she was yeah. just happier. She was happier. Yeah. She she ate more. She wasn't eating right. a lot. And stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, she should absolutely be smoking weed all the time. Also, it's really fun to smoke weed with your grandma. Yeah. <laughs> it is so much fun. And the stories that she told me when she was high were amazing. I found out so much stuff that I probably really didn't want to know about. <laughs> But some of it was great yeah get your grandparents stone that's uh, that's the advice today <laughs> okay.
1: even if you look at like the history of like remember dr kevorkian who like went to jail for like assisted mm-hmm. suicides now it's like a thing that's in legislation in some states it's, like mm-hmm. if you're gonna die then you can have somebody help you die it's like but look how long ago that was and how slow yeah. time comes around so, like you know what it's probably best to just do it a humane way you do it with pets you know that's what I mean? the thing
0: that drives me nuts it's like we put down you know (laughs) because she had a couple of tumors and her quality of life wasn't going to be well why because people keeping people alive uh they make a lot of money off of dying people so much money um and, and that's probably another reason why too i mean obviously i i believe most people know why why it's taking so long for things like weed to you uh-huh. know, b- become federally legal and even stuff, um, when it comes with mushrooms and, and ecstasy. And I'm now they're doing like ketamine therapy, but a lot of these drugs that like a couple of them were invented, created to help with depression, you know, DMA right. and stuff. And then people, this is a great drug.
1: <laughs> oh no, people are getting happy and getting along. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. And they're not all <laughs> depressed and they're communicating better. We yeah. need to stop this
1: right <laughs> that <way>. now. <laughs> yep. That hurts our bottom line.
0: <laughs> yeah. I believe, um, I believe a lot of that has, it does. That's pretty much the main reason why they know exactly the medical benefits of it. They're just not going to make money off of that. Do you see a lot of, um, a lot of doctors and, and nurses in, in that profession, um, Specifically, trying to push, you know, certain certain drugs or certain um, certain types of, of therapy. I guess when it comes with um, pertaining
1: uh, to, I guess, like, yeah, overall health. Um, I I think for the most part, it's actually hard to get some of the doctors to actually listen to what they're being told. It's one thing to hear like the patients say stuff, even the patients I. I think I have a good like read on a patient that's like faking or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit challenging because the doctor's only there for like five minutes. They come in and say, how you doing? And they walk out. So they don't Mm -hmm. actually look at the person or talk to them. Mm -hmm. So we spend the most time with them with like an hour in therapy. So we can get to to know them better and actually assess what's going on. Mm -hmm. But I think the issue I run into a lot is that trying to convey what's really happening to the doctor so they can make the actual adjustments they need. Mm-hmm. give them something different or take them off or whatever. so the the collaboration that's involved kind of gets depending on the doctor's like seeing fifty people and he does you know what I mean, like because all mm-hmm. this like stuff outside of like patient care, yeah, the doctor doesn't have time to read all the notes or the, the p a comes to do it and the doctor doesn't even see you. so it's a little bit harder to kind of get them to either hear what's going on and make changes because they're so busy or. Maybe they don't care. I don't know. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I find that they don't really push a lot of drugs. I think if in the rehab setting at a hospital, the longest stay there is like two weeks. Okay. So they try to catch you pretty good so you can go. Yeah. <laughs> but nursing homes, the doctor comes like once a week sometimes, and so you're just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, hoping you can catch the doctor when he's there because he's not like making actual rounds. Like I said, he might come in and say, "How you doing?" and then walk out. And you're like, wait, 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 we have. We have questions, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean, and and concerns and thoughts. And this person wants to be a part of their care. So we have to figure out how to do that. So I think most of it's just the doctors not having time to even hear any of the the information that's important to either helping them get better or to stop things from you know getting worse. So yeah.
0: I know. Um my mom, uh being a registered nurse in labor and delivery, she had told me that a lot of times. The doctors just don't even listen to them because they're doctors and they're high. Oh level. yes,
1: it's the, yes. Yeah, I, I, I'm that, that God complex.
0: You. kind. am better you. than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I know what I'm doing. I've gone to school longer than you, but you spend more time with the patient. So you would obviously know more about what they would need
1: than yeah, an actual doctor. level two, I think it's like, well, I don't know you or you whatever. And who were who you to come pull me to the side and point out something that somebody missed?
0: yeah you know, yeah that's
1: happened before too Where it's like this patient has a big old bruise on their ribs and he has pain they do an x-ray on that and It's like i don't know it's like well he's been here for like a week <laughs> nobody saw that but me like yeah But then they don't like it when you catch them because then they get mad because it makes them look bad but it's like mm-hmm. well, we're all here to make sure the people can do what they can do yeah just, but yeah sometimes you run into that too definitely got an ego
0: the team player. Yeah. I mean, most doctors, I believe, um statistically have a God complex. <laughs> Surgeons for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Surgeons for sure. I remember my surgeon uh, when he told me that he could make me another uterus. Okay. And I was all, um, no, I don't want children. And if I because I guess I could cook them in somebody else, you know, I still have my ovaries right. eggs, you know, the three that are left, I could cook those in somebody right. else. But he was more upset about me not wanting him to build me a uterus than he was like everyone else. Oh, you don't want children. You should have kids. He was more sad that he couldn't uh, make me a fake uterus. And I thought I was like, you are definitely my surgeon.
1: (laughs) My God. How do you uh, whatever.
0: I don't need yeah, I asked him. I'm like, wait, how do you he's like, well, we'll take, you know, the tissue that isn't damaged or you know doesn't have cancer and and, you know make you a new one. I'm like, no, I don't want a robot (laughs) uterine.
1: I I would like to know like how he figured out he could do that. like how many have how many have you done (laughs) what's your success rate on this
0: it was all these questions that I asked him he was a cool dude he was um it was very short but um I mean I kept making him laugh because when he told me um because he was the one that told me that I was just going to need to have stuff removed that I wasn't going to have to go through chemo or or any of that and I was so relieved about that because I never wanted to do chemo or radiation I, I wouldn't have done it um I was like, oh, so you're just going to like clean out my box a little bit. And he was so (laughs) straight face that I got like a little bit of a smile. Like and he laughed a little bit and he like I threw him off guard. He's like, yeah, yeah, we're just going (laughs) to. He was phenomenal. And now he's like,
1: and then I'll build you one. I'm the man. Yeah, I I could build you a uterus. (laughs) Like,
0: no, thank you. But also, I mean, you could do it. I kind of want to see you build one. Uh, <laughs> just this doesn't work well. I don't understand.
1: Right. Put uh, it in a, in a jar and let me see how how it holds up after a couple. It,
0: right? Days. Can we just, <laughs> yeah, like a test two baby, test yeah. two uterus baby, I guess. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, do you want to talk about um any of your experiences with the drugs? Um, sure.
1: sure. I, I remember <laughs> the first time I did shrooms, I went gone camping.
0: Mm-hmm. And okay. uh um, best time to do
1: That's what that's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was out there with um a few of my friends and uh, uh I mean this is what my interpretation of mushrooms is kind of like they show you like what how things are supposed to look like, you know, like everything's more vivid and like mm-hmm. you know, profound. And I remember sitting around the campfire and looking at one person who was with us being like, this guy's an asshole like he just kind of reveal this person as his true person like not the fake when he always runs around with and I think he could sense that I saw him for who he really was he just kept trying to keep everybody away from me for the rest of the trip
0: oh my goodness yeah
1: it was That's... really weird but so I was yeah. like this these people are cool but there's something up with this dude and I don't know what it is but I don't like it and you could just tell he was like, shit, she can see me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. That's hilarious.
1: Yeah. He turned out to be like a really bad narcissist who's just like a liar and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, see, uh, I knew when I did the shrooms that one night, I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: narcissists are very charming. Yeah. A lot of times you can tell, but yeah, you give them something like that and their true selves, definitely. <laughs>
1: yeah. That was like my first experience. So now I'm like, if I do shrooms, I want to like look at the birds. Yeah. and be around people
0: that you're know and comfortable with. Yeah.
1: I don't take a lot of them. Like I, the last time I shrewd, I put like, I forget how many, because my friend like grinded them up and I put them in orange juice for like five hours or something like that. And I Mm -hmm. just drank it. And I went to this park and watched like airplanes go by. And while I was sitting there, like maybe two or three little kids just kept walking up towards me. And I didn't know what that meant. Like there was like a, a walking path and mm-hmm. a man was with a little boy who had like McDonald's fries. And the boy kept like pulling his dad towards me on the grass. And his dad's like, I don't know why he's doing that. <laughs> was like, so weird. He was so surprised that this child would not stop like being drawn to my little blanket. And I don't know what that meant, but it used to be just like animals would like mm-hmm. hang out next to me. Yeah. And then they became children. And well, so children I don't know. are
0: animals, so. <laughs> children are definitely animals Uh,
1: because i have a little fear of like animals like dogs i get really scared about the dogs because i don't know what they're gonna do i don't know if jumping up and down means they're happy or if they hate me like i don't know and so i'm always like (laughs) keep them away from me (laughs) yeah one time i shroom i'm like laying down on the ground and my friend's dog came and like sat right next to me while i was lying down i was like she's like let him love you he just (laughs) love you (laughs) you have to accept love i was like oh god
0: <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. Well, you probably, you have a good energy and, yeah. um, children and animals, they can sense that kind of stuff more than adults. We lose a lot of people as we get older, we lose that ability to sense the, the good and evil in people and mushrooms, I believe, and, and probably acid as well, probably kind of open that up a little bit to where, you could kind of remember where, you know, children are drawn to you. I've noticed when I've, you know, walking around the city on mushrooms and stuff like that, kids are always like,
1: hi, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Especially when like you and I are like, I don't want children. And yeah. like, we love you. It's like, why are you over here? Please go
0: away. Animals. I-, <laughs> I love animals. Dogs are totally, totally fine. Um I mean, mine drives me nuts, but I love other people's. Um, <laughs> I love you, Lucy. I'm kidding. Um, But yeah, yeah, you probably just have a good energy and they sense that maybe you wanted to give you some french fries or something.
1: Maybe, yeah. I think maybe just like, she seems cool. Give her a fry. (laughs) (laughs) I've had,
0: I had a kid in the elevator um, eating fries and like running, you know, just kids that just snotty and he's like, you want some? And it's just like snot. I was like, no. (laughs) And you feel bad because they're kids. I, you're like, okay, thank you. You <laughs> take it and then you throw it away. <laughs> or you eat it because I eat boogers. No, uh. <laughs>
1: right. Kindred spirit. I see you. <laughs> I
0: see you. <laughs> Maybe that's why.
1: <laughs> um, He's like, remember when you were like me? Huh? Remember uh-huh. these days? <laughs> remember these days? Just sticking
0: french fries in your nose. <laughs> that I never did. Um, that's. At least I don't think so. I would have to ask my dad <laughs> if he remembers me too. <laughs> you don't remember shit that you did as a kid. You probably ate scabs. You just don't remember. Oh, uh, right.
1: Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> um, after doing mushrooms a couple of times, do you think um,
1: like taking mushrooms would
0: be beneficial in occupational therapy?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. And I, I think it might help with like, anxiety like because I th- I feel like when I'm on it, my brain just kind of just like it's fine I get like mm-hmm. this playing like you don't have to know it all it's cool just you know what I mean chill just out be present yeah just do the best you can it's okay you know <laughs> and I find myself being more of like a psychotherapist because rehab is 80 percent mental like people mm-hmm. get really stuck in their head about stuff and they don't physically want to do something because they're afraid of pain or they're afraid of something else or mm-hmm. they're upset about how their life has changed and it, it becomes this huge like mental hurdle for a lot of people and even just to get them to do stuff sometimes it's like but don't you want to go home you know it's a lot of this mental stuff you have to get through mm-hmm. and I think that would de- definitely help them to just kind of like hey man just chill out we're gonna figure it out don't worry about yeah. it yeah I think yeah. that would be definitely beneficial yeah
0: especially with the micro dosing and stuff like that, maybe even, um, maybe MDMA too, uh, obviously in, in small doses, I don't know about ketamine because, um, with the occupational therapy, they're trying to get, you know, the move stuff. Right. Trying to get
1: you to do anything. Do you want yeah. to do anything? Can you get out of bed? If you, if you say I wouldn't get out of bed, we're like, cool. <laughs> Stop lying down. That's great. Step number yeah. one, sit up.
0: Sit up. well ecstasy has always um mdma has always made me want to dance i've always loved is
1: <laughs> isn't that when they when you do it right you do it when you're like at a party right at like, a at
0: oh, a, a rave club. yeah mm-hmm. most of the time i've ever excuse me and have ever done e has really been at at clubs or at raves yeah. um i i couldn't imagine taking ecstasy and just hanging out at a bar
1: or yeah (laughs) impossible it's not loud enough (laughs) no
0: yeah you gotta move mushrooms i I could do that uh 100 acid hang out in a bar but yeah when i'm doing i guess they call it molly now uh molly whatever the fuck mdma i want to i want to get up and move i want to dance i want to do stuff so yeah maybe it would be beneficial let's just throw on some disco lights in the rehabilitation center. <laughs>
1: they, I, I, they would love that. I think that's what they all need is a nightclub. They need, yeah, because it gets so boring in there too. You're looking at the same four walls every day. You can only go up and down a certain hallway. You see the same staff all the time. You yeah. can't have visitors now because of COVID. So it's like, yeah, give them a party.
0: And that, be great. and that um, calming taupe or gray colored
1: walls. Yes. Very bad for the for the mood.
0: Yeah, but but they're supposed to be calming colors,
1: aren't they? After a while it just becomes sad.
0: Uh, yeah. Like yeah. Calm
1: yourself into the depression. You're like, into all right.
0: depression.
1: I'm too calm now. I don't I don't feel anything. This is bad.
0: Like <laughs> yes, I feel nothing. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the walls have worked for me. Um, have you ever dabbled in any other um type of drug use at all?
1: Yeah, I've done um, LSD, and I don't like it.
0: No, <laughs> no,
1: I I don't know what's supposed to happen. I'm very much like a I like to be prepared, so mm-hmm. I can like, deal with whatever goes on if something goes crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of those people. I'm not just like take one, I'm like, but what is it? But what yeah. does it do? And how long will I be like this? And that you know what I mean? Like I have to get the whole side effects before I try it.
0: Oh, absolutely. And
1: I've done it. Like, I think I've done LSD like twice. It just makes mm-hmm. me feel like really hot and sweaty. Like I want to throw up. And I'm just like, I don't like this. And I'm not sure what else I'm supposed to feel. Like you might see some like squiggly stuff, but I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't, it just, I don't, don't know. like it. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't hit me like my boyfriend does LSD and he he loves it, but he doesn't mm-hmm. like mushrooms. So it's oh. just the chemical balance of our bodies or whatever and how it's right. processed. It's just he different. doesn't really like it as much, but he mm-hmm. LSD he's like, Oh yeah, I can't wait to do it again. I'm like, You have fun, dude. I can't
0: You can do it. Well, you could do some mushrooms and he could do some yeah. acid. Yeah. They do have they do have a different um like physical um you know reactions for me I, I, on acid I also you know I'll get warm um sometimes uh it will kind of feel like I have a knot in, in my stomach or sometimes my head yes. and depending and depending on how much acid I did sometimes it'll feel like my brain is melting <laughs> a yeah. little bit but uh as far as as visual visually and mentally they're kind of the same for me. They, they have the same effect. Acid's a little stronger, definitely, yeah. definitely has, has more of a stronger um, effect mentally. But a lot of times they're, they're very similar for, for me when it comes with, with the visual and the, um, the visual. And what the fuck did I just say? And the uh, mental aspect yeah. of it. But the physical, yeah, is it, a lot different. Um, I can eat on both. I, 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 get yeah, I get really hungry, right? Yeah, I don't know yeah. why on shrooms I get so hungry. Yeah. yeah,
1: <laughs> I do get really hungry on shrooms. It's true.
0: And it's fun eating and it's just, <laughs> yeah. like the different textures, like an orange or an avocado. You're like, what is in my mouth?
1: <laughs> I remember when I did LSD for the first time I was in, was I in Seattle or Portland? I think I was in Portland mm-hmm. and, uh one of the police people I was staying with, they had a roommate and they kept trying to play like this synth synthesizer music, like all this weird. And I was like, turn that off. Like I hated it. It did Ooh. not, I felt so weird. <laughs> and the only thing that made me feel better was watching Barack Obama correspondence dinner speeches.
0: <laughs> like, that makes sense.
1: Very specific Barack Obama talking shit at this dinner. And it was like an hour long. So I'm just like mm-hmm. watching like, He's funny.
0: He is funny. Laughing is
1: nice. (laughs) Nothing else made me feel better. I was like, I'm hungry. Like, what do you want to eat? I don't know. Like, it was just, yeah. I was just like, so mean. They ran off to the store and got me like some spicy nuggets from Wendy's. And I was like, this is fine. And I was watching Barack Obama give speeches. Oh, I feel better now. (laughs) Eating spicy nuggets. I remember
0: even on acid, because the first couple of times I did it, I was like, I can't believe you can't eat on this stuff. You need to eat beforehand. It's like pre-gaming with drinking. You want to have a yes. solid base in, in yeah. your stomach. Um, but yeah, the first time I ever ate on mushrooms, it was or on on acid. And I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but um, it was high school and I was starving and I had raviolis, you know, the chef by, your, chef by oh, yeah. can raviolis. Um, I started eating them just i was so hungry just cold right out of the can mm. and, and i loved it to the <laughs> point where um all i would do it drove my mother crazy i would just eat the cold raviolis right out of the oh can. gosh <laughs> i still do actually uh, over quarantine um i think it was 2020 I remember that story. I'm like, I want to go get some Chef Boyardee raviolis <laughs> and eat them cold out of a can to see if it has, you know, that nostalgia or whatever. Yeah. But they didn't have raviolis; they had beefaroni, also a favorite <laughs> of mine. And so I tried that cold because it's all the same stuff. It's just you know packaged, yeah, just different shaped noodles base. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't the same. Um, and I still haven't found a can of or D raviolis to
1: eat cold, but um, that's. That's probably the only way you can enjoy it is on acid. You can't just be running around eating cold ravioli. Cold
0: ravioli. Unless stuff. it's the
1: apocalypse. You can't just do that. It's not going to hit the same.
0: <laughs> it's a Mad Max kind of thing. Rita. Yeah. <laughs> I could definitely. I mean, I could try it. I've always, I'm always like, I'll try it once, you know, if yeah. I don't like it. Sometimes you try things twice. I mean, I didn't really like smoking cigarettes. And 26 years later, look at me now, still smoking, still going strong.
1: Hey, look at you.
0: (laughs) Hated cigarettes. Hated this. I still hate the smell, especially in the wintertime. Yeah. uh, That you just smell like a bonfire constantly. It's like, oh, (laughs) this is gross, but I still do it. Still do it with me and my dumb brain. (laughs) <laughs> i love it i love it you and i should do uh, um we should do mushrooms in vegas together i think that would be fun i like um doing mushrooms and walking around the casino
1: <laughs> oh yeah that'll definitely do it isn't there a movie about that what was that fear and loading lo- oh
0: yeah well they were also on all of the drugs everything um- right yeah, Mescaline. Um, it's a great book. It's it, it's a great book. Hunter oh. S. Thompson. Yeah. Oh yeah, the book is the book is way better. Obviously, the book is always yeah way
1: better, the book is normally all-
0: better. But but the movie is great. Johnny Depp and um Benicio del Toro, I believe he plays the hmm. lawyer in it. He's he's the bigger guy. He's like I'm the lawyer. <laughs> um, yeah, and they're doing ether and stuff, huffing mean, ether. They have. Oh, I've they never have-
1: seen the movie. I just know that from like the the stills of it or whatever. It's like a mm-hmm. lot of like you know
0: oh yeah no they are on um it's just drug <laughs> frenzy frenzy yeah they're on all the drugs watch it it's actually it's it's a fun movie but the book um i read the book i think last year after watching the movie a ton i'm like maybe i'm gonna read the book well audio book. i should hold
1: off on that i was gonna say part. is it an audio because i i love a, i love being read to. It's yes in yeah, my life
0: it's for adults who never read to as children, audiobooks. That's what I call Audible. <laughs> I mean, my my mom read to me a little bit, I guess, according to her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm addicted to Audible. I finish yeah. like a book a week now. Yeah. I don't retain any of the information <laughs> whatsoever. None. Well, maybe like little bits here and there, but I could just now say I've read those books.
1: Yes, there you go. Yeah. <laughs>
0: i'm very well educated <laughs> <laughs> um well thank you so much for coming on this was fun talking about drugs and um occupational therapy <laughs>
1: for having me this was fun
0: yeah 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 uh where can people find you social media um shows anything you got going on.
1: um all the socials are shauna christmas s-h-a-n-n-a christmas I have a book out about my experiences doing occupational therapy and you can find mm-hmm. that on nothingbutabitchbook.com. It's also on Amazon if you want it in two days, but if you get it from me, I'll sign it. And, um, I also have a podcast. It's called topical smoothie. My white boyfriend and I talk about the news and <laughs> I've got shows coming up in Arizona, um, on Saturday and, um, at asu i think next friday which should be fun i get to make some little 21 year olds laugh hopefully or (laughs) cry depending on you know sensitivities of the audience yeah
0: performing in colleges definitely has to be um interesting now because someone asked me if i wanted to do it and i swear i'm not a clean comic I mean, yeah, like this one isn't regular. through
1: like the the corporate level of colleges. Oh, I yeah. just know I just met the comedian who puts on the show with like the student whatever. And he's like, I'm the comedian, I book the shows in this place. But it's not through like yeah. NACA or whatever it's called, where you yeah, have they have a clean. couple.
0: Yeah, they have a couple no. of them. I'm like, I it. could do it, but um <laughs> There's, I have a history and a lot of them probably know who I am from a different. I, right, I, right. Are you
1: sure? Yeah. <laughs> Google uh, exists. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Unless like, I was doing something of, of a sex ed kind of thing and using comedy. Um, I wanted to do that after I got my PhD because even just having a bachelor's or even getting my master's. Um, until I have that doctor in front, I don't believe a lot of colleges will allow a porn star to go and talk to their students about, Oh, it. And, you know, that animals. whole stigma, literally the best person to go talk to young people yes. about porn and sex.
1: <laughs> but their parents are going to be mad about it, even though they probably know who you are too. You know, yeah. it's. That couples sucks. love
0: me too couples uh i've always <laughs> had a lot of couples that loved me which um which is always nice you know we get both of them in there <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh you can obviously find this wonderful podcast and all your podcast platforms apple podcast spotify audible amazon uh, and YouTube, please rate and subscribe. You can find us on social media at How to Do Drugs Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me, the Aliyah Janine, on Twitter and Aliyah.Janine on Instagram. All right, thank you so much.